We are all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world, and it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. It's about showing up every single day. It's about giving all of yourself. It's about evaluating your work. It's about innovating practice to change lives. Every single week, let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the truest and shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. you're not going to want to miss because we are going to talk about the cerebellum. And if you work with children with attention deficit disorder or childhood apraxia of speech or autism spectrum disorder, you really care about the cerebellum because the latest research indicates that there's neurological differences in the cerebellum for these populations. The question is, what can we do? How can we target the cerebellum early on to create change when plasticity is at a high level? What I'm going to propose to you today is task-oriented movement activities. I'm going to tell you three reasons why task-oriented movement activities are so promising in rewiring the brain when plasticity is at its highest level. First of all, I need to tell you what task-oriented movement activities are. Task-oriented movement activities are just like they sound. It's when there's an actual authentic task that the child needs to accomplish. And because the task is rewarding and engaging and fun, the child is going to efficiently and independently use their body. Now, the task is going to be created at a point that is challenging for the child in which 80% of the time the child is going to be successful and 20% of the time the child will fail. That's known as challenge point. So when we do that, the child is going to efficiently move the body at a challenging pace and in doing so is going to improve. Now, what happens is because the child knows their body better than anyone with a million degrees behind their name, because of the child's unique body, the unique neuromuscular history, the unique sensory profile, all of that is unique to the child. The child is the expert in the body. The child can do better with their body than anyone else. What we have to do is give them a purpose. So, why are task-oriented movement activities so effective, which they are effective? Many meta-analytic research from the last few decades have shown that they are highly effective in improving functional outcomes for children, not only in school, but in independent functioning and leisure activities and play. So 
And good news is anyone can do task-oriented movement activities. You don't need degrees behind your name in physical education or physical therapy or occupational therapy or kinesiology. No, anyone, a parent, a babysitter, anyone can do this, a speech-language pathologist. So it's pretty exciting stuff. So why is it so effective? First, for treating the cerebellum, is that with task-oriented movement activities, you keep your hands off the children. So early on in my career, when I'd be working with the young two-year-olds, I would hold out a finger to help them across a balance board or to help them along in an activity. But when I held out that finger, there were a few things that were happening. The first thing that was happening is I was telling the child, you can't do this by yourself. You need help to do this. Another thing that was happening was I was doing the ideation. I was saying, this is what needs to be done. I was also doing the motor planning. I was saying, this is what we have to do. I was doing the motor programming. This is how we're going to do it. I was doing the execution. Now let's do it with that finger. And lastly, I was doing the cessation and how the activity went and how it's going to end. So holding that finger out, I was doing all of those complex steps that the cerebellum is responsible for. I was taking that learning opportunity away from that child. And when that child was five years old, guess what? My finger was still out there because we can't do the push-ups for the child. The child has to do the push-ups themselves. And when I held out that finger, what happened is that learning experience, I was robbing that child from that learning experience. Aside from telling the child as an adult, you can't do this yourself. So that is one of the pieces of why it's so important in targeting the cerebellum is that complex process I've just described. The complex process of having the idea, making a plan, finding out how to activate it, doing the plan and ending the plan and taking it to completion. When we put our hands on the, uh, the children, we do all of that for them. So the second reason task-oriented movement activities can directly stimulate the cerebellum and change the cerebellum is because with them, you have multiple sequential task and task-oriented movement activities. So first, you have a problem. The child has a problem. And the child has to make a plan after, make, after that problem. Then the child has to activate multiple steps in that plan. And then afterwards, the child has to reflect on that plan and record it. So these multiple steps, that's what the cerebellum is responsible for. Now, this, these are called temporal concepts. These are concepts of time and space. That is what occurs largely in the cerebellum. So there's that first, second, third, next, then, lastly, time concept occurring in the cerebellum. You're taking multiple ideas and you're putting them in order. You also have these spatial concepts of what, where are you going to be and when in order to accomplish this task. So in a task-oriented movement activity, you're moving your body through space in a complex manner. So here, once again, we are directly stimulating the cerebellum. And we're doing that through the temporal concepts in a complex way of time and space. So the last way. The third way that we're going to directly stimulate the cerebellum is through problem solving. With task-oriented movement activities, 
each time there's a different problem for the child to solve. So for instance, if I'm doing a task-oriented movement activity, we might have a birthday party and we have a grocery bag of food. Now, some of the food needs to go in the freezer, the popsicles, the ice cream, and some of the food needs to go on the bowls and the table, the tortilla chips, the cake needs to go on the table, the fruit. So we're going to have to take that food from the grocery store and we're going to have to bring it home one at a time. And some of it we're going to have to get in the freezer immediately or it's going to thaw. And some of it we're going to have to put in a bowl so we can serve at the party and pour it in a bowl for our friends. It's an authentic task, but every time the child picks an item out of the bag, they're going to have to demonstrate cognitive flexibility in which the stimulus changed and the solution changes the result. This is the cerebellum, this high level of thinking of cognitive flexibility and problem solving. So because the objects change, the action changes as well. So those are the three ways that task-oriented movement activities target the cerebellum. And I encourage you to try it early on, like I do at the preschool level. The children are blossoming. When I added task-oriented movement activities in the last 10 years to my practice, what I saw are huge gains in the children. The children were coming alive in more than one area. And I think that is because what we were doing is targeting the cerebellum, which connects to every area of the brain. And challenge creates change. And I use task-oriented movement activities with every single child on my caseload. The children with articulation impairment, with children with autism spectrum children, disorder with children with cognitive communication, all of them, all of my preschoolers use task-oriented movement activities and they all benefit from them. So if you want to know how you can use task-oriented movement activities, I encourage you to check out my book. If you haven't checked out my book yet, you got to get it. It's the greatest book ever because you have 120 actual therapy videos in this book to show you what to do. What does best practice look like? And you also have interactive step-by-step guides. So you can take that information and you can roll up your sleeves and you can make the world a better place one child at a time. And you're first. Oh, she's a fire.